I'm Jane Copier, and you're listening to Happy in the Middle, a podcast for Christian women who want to make the second half of life the best half. This podcast is all about helping women to reignite their spark and step into their divine power in order to create deep and connected relationships and also find that fulfillment and satisfaction they crave. So if you're ready to grow, join me and learn how you too can overcome guilt, resentment, disappointment, and enjoy the fruits of creating a life well lived. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast today. I am joined by Coach Jane Copier. Hey Jane. Hey, how are you, Heather? I am fantastic. I got to spend a little bit of time with Jane this fall. She was at a retreat that we were hosting and I always love to get to spend time with you guys in person. You guys, can I just say you guys do the best job. I mean, really to all the LDS coaches out there who don't come, I want to give you a little pitch because it is just, (laughs) it is the best weekend. I look forward to it all year and we just enjoy connecting and learning and sharing. It is, it's just phenomenal. I think you do a beautiful job and I love, love, love your retreat. Yeah. You're so nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. I couldn't do it. You, you know, without my mom and my sisters uh, and your family, incredible. Even, my dad's <laughs> even started coming. <laughs> they, they make it fun. Oh, I, and they're funny. such amazing cooks. I mean, they're a they lot of fun, treat so. us like royalty. It's so fun. Well, I love it. And I love getting to spend time with, with you guys. I get to visit with you like on these zoom calls, but it's something, yes. there's something different about being in person. So totally. Anyway, anyway, Jane has been on before and that said, I still want her to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her. Hey, so if you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, my name, Jane Copier, and I am a relationship and communication coach for midlife moms. In fact, the topic we're going to talk about today really is one that is tender and close to my heart for my demographic because you know, midlife moms, they just get to this place. They want to feel a little more free. I think sometimes we try to carry all the emotional weight of the people around us and it's a real struggle. So my work is to really help women to shift into midlife, to make the second half, the best half to really connect and have great relationships and love the phase they're in. There's joy in every season of life. And so that's what I do. I help them find it. (laughs) I love that. I'm sitting here kind of chuckling because I'm thinking about a meme that one of my sisters sent to my mom the other day that said something like, I'd really like to not worry about all of you people around me, but then I would be worrying that somebody wasn't worrying about (laughs) all of you people. And for whatever reason, what you were just saying that kind of, that just brought that up for me. Like I really do. It's a really hard thing to kind of let go of that space of just managing and taking care of all the people. Yeah. It's kind of our full-time job as moms, right? Especially when our kiddos are little, that is our work. I mean, we are in life-saving mode. A lot of the time we're trying to make sure people are fed and clothed and where they need to be, when they need to be there and be there safely. So like, it's not that we come by this erroneously. It's just a a circumstance of our profession as a mom. Mm -hmm. And how do we shift into that next phase where we can let some of that go and breathe a little easier and allow God to manage our children instead of us. Mm -hmm. I actually really appreciate that you called it the profession of a mom, because I think when you look at it that way, 
Well, first of all, it is that, right? It is yep. a it is a profession. 100%. But when you look at it that way too, it allows you the opportunity to say, and now my job description has changed mm. or I have changed jobs basically. And I think that can kind of help our mind shift to where it's okay that, that it's shifting yeah. or that changes because we change jobs and that's not a big deal really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there is a whole other half of life to explore, right? The kids yeah. are in the house for what, 20 years or so, 20, 30 years. And then we still have the rest of this life. What do we do with it? If we're not 24 seven mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So specifically today, we are going to talk about codependency and how to overcome it. But could you first explain to our listeners what codependency is? And I'm sure everybody's heard that word and Mm -hmm. they have different thoughts about what it is, but I'm curious if if you could explain it and why, like why it happens to us as well. Yeah. And maybe it's good to sort of explain it this way. A lot of the women that I work with I'll kind of describe some of the things that I hear. They want to stop being blamed for other people's problems. They want to feel more appreciated by their family. They want their children to admire them. They want to be able to ask for what they want. They still want to matter to their kids. They want to feel appreciated. They want to stop stressing about their kids' life choices. Um, They want to feel like they have purpose. They want to feel needed. But codependency, there's lots of different different definitions. I guess maybe the simplified version is that codependency is a pattern of behavior where you focus on others at your own expense. Mm -hmm. Basically, you just give up too much of yourself and you can't stop. It's almost a compulsion. And so when we think about codependency and the way that it relates to the gospel, my question is always, what does Heavenly Father think about this? What do my heavenly parents think about this? And that when I ask that question, the answer I get is it absolutely is opposed to agency. So I don't think they like it. Not a bit, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. no, not for you sisters, right? Like, let's figure this out because you're born to have agency. We, we, we want to have agency so that we can fulfill the measure of our own creation, that we can become and create what we want to as individuals, not just as the mom of other people or the mm-hmm. wife of other someone else. Mm-hmm. Just to be clear, how would you say that like living in the space of codependency takes away somebody's agency? Like somebody might think that, no, it doesn't. Like it's doing, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm doing all these things for, you know, all these people or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Expand upon that for us just a little bit. Yeah. And there's a fine line between embracing a role, which we do, right? As as our kids are growing up. And and because I speak to midlife women, this is really kind of the space I'm in. If you're a young mom, right. this doesn't apply quite as much to you in what I'm talking about. Although we definitely have to have some boundaries. We have to know where one person begins and another one ends. That's super important. Mm-hmm. But codependency... It's a cringy thing, right? If if someone says, hey, you've got some codependent tendencies, man, that makes us cringe. Nobody wants to think that we're codependent. It's a term, it sort of suggests that there's this dysfunction in our relationship. And of course, nobody wants that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I see it in my clients and I point it out, they're often very defensive because just like you said, they're like, but my motivation is so good. I'm caring for my family. This feels really good. 
And I think part of the problem in our specific culture, and maybe even in cultures, all conservative cultures and religions around the world, there is this messaging that to sacrifice is blessed and to give is blessed. And it is, there's, I'm not saying that, but when we do it at the expense of our own emotional health, at the expense of our own personal freedom, at the expense of our own happiness, that's when it becomes a problem. So it's really this excessive reliance on other people for our self, our self identity, for our well being. It hinders um, the development of authentic connections because basically what we're doing is we're acting in a way that's trying to manipulate the way that other people think about us or feel. It's it's a way of trying to manipulate other people's circumstances so that we can tolerate their not being discontent or their unhappiness. We don't want them to be unhappy because then I have to be unhappy too. Mm -hmm. And so we don't allow for other people to grow because we're stepping in to save and rescue all the time. Mm -hmm. So would you say it's fair to say that while you're also like hindering your own agency, but you're also impeding upon somebody else's because you're trying to influence the way they think about you. Like your words were manipulation, you know, manipulate. So it's actually not helpful on for you or the other person that you're, you know, in that codependency with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the way that we maybe can reference it a little bit better is like, if you think about the helicopter mom, who's constantly hovering and trying to make sure that the kids don't have to suffer natural consequences. Right. And at some times when our kids are little, that's appropriate, but as they age and they move out of the nest, it becomes really inappropriate. I'll give you an example. One of my clients was a mom of a kid in college who had her first childhood moved out and gone away about an hour away from them. And every single Sunday, she would cook and make this elaborate meal and then drive it all the way to her son's dorm and feed him and his whole group. And when we broke it down, you know, she was just feeling very sad that her son was not appreciating this, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Feeling mm-hmm. very unappreciated and and like, well, I do all of this for him. But really what she was doing was making this big effort to feel validation to feel validated, to feel like I'm necessary and I'm appreciated. So we can all relate to that. That's a total human longing. We all long to feel needed and appreciated. But as we looked and we could see like how this was maybe stunting her own son's growth, like what if he did not learn some social skills about maybe entertaining himself? Maybe he didn't learn some cooking skills. Maybe he was always dependent on mom. So he didn't have to worry about going grocery shopping. Like there were lots of ways where this was a natural progression for this kiddo to learn how to care for himself. And she was inserting herself into his life in, just so that she could feel this validation. Mm-hmm. And so the work we do oftentimes is to learn how to validate ourselves and how to make our own lives interesting so that we don't have to rely on other people for that validation. Yeah, that's so good. And to your point, it's not the preparation or the cooking or even the taking of the meal to him. It was the reasons behind it, the reason why she yes felt that she needed to do that. Because for somebody that might be a totally okay, fine thing for somebody's relationship, but it just depends on what's driving it. Yeah. 
when we're codependent too, I mean, it's, it's for, it's the scenario where if it's a kind of a belief, I guess, is that if, if my partner or if my people are sad, then I, in order to be one with them, and we get this messaging a lot in the gospel, be one in your marriage, be one single-minded, all of this kind of stuff. But what does that actually mean? For a lot of us, we take it to mean like, if they're suffering, I need to be suffering too. I can't be happy unless they're happy too. My kid gets in trouble. I got to bail them out so that we are not unhappy because I don't like being unhappy. If I see you unhappy, then I am unhappy. I haven't learned how to manage my own emotional health, so I can't tolerate your discomfort. So it just becomes this space of, of codependency where we're just, we have to walk around on eggshells because we don't know how we're going to get to feel today. I'm going to have to just absorb whatever emotions are coming at me from the people around me rather than deciding who and what I want to be in my life when I wake up in the morning and yeah. how I'm going to experience my own life. Yeah, that's a um, a good way to look at it. So there are a lot of things in our lives we are dependent upon other people for, right? I mean, there's so yeah. many things that like where we get our food, all the different things. Would you say that there is a healthy dependency that can actually exist out there or, and what does that look like if there is? Well, I think that's such a good question. And, and I think it's one that everybody asks, well, if I, I'm not sad when my people are sad, doesn't that make me a rotten human being, mm -hmm. you know, and there's this fine line between compassion and codependency. And of course we want to love our people. Of course we want to be compassionate. Of course we want to understand where they're coming from. And we are taught to mourn with those who mourn. I think it boils down to what it feels like. Okay. So when someone is sad and they're mourning the loss of someone and I can be there and I can hold them and say, I'm so sorry. I'm so I feel your pain and I am so sorry. That is cleansing and it's a beautiful moment and it's connecting. But when it's unhealthy, it feels a little resentful because I've got someone who's having a bad day and I was having a good day, but hubby walks in the house in a really grumpy mood and he slams the door and throws his keys on the counter. And suddenly now, oh, now I have to have a bad day too. Well, that bears some resentment, right? Like I was having a good day and now you've ruined my day, but in order to be a good wife, I got to jump into your pain. That's unhealthy. And so we, it's it just, we've got to tune into ourselves and really honor our feelings, our own emotions. What's happening for me right now? Do I want to jump into this frustration and this anger or can I separate myself? Can I still have compassion for someone who's having a bad day? And that looks like, oh, I'm sorry, you're having a bad day. Tell me all about it. Right. But it's not, oh, you're mad. Oh, well, let me tell you how bad my day was and let's compare and have the worst day together and spiral. Yeah. yeah. The struggle you had said, you know, we have to really turn tune into ourselves to pay attention to that, to see what it feels like. And we don't spend as much time as we need to, I think, tuning into ourselves, paying attention to our own intuition, to our soul, to our spirit, whatever you want to call it, because it has so much to teach us. Like our, our, our soul knows what we need. We just have to listen. And, yeah. um, but that's a skill. It's a skill we have to develop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are skills that we can develop, right. And it's number one is 
learning how to tolerate other people's discomfort. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Finlayson Fife said this really well this last week. She said, having the courage to disappoint others is an important part of good relationships. And it just is. We can't always make everything better. And honestly, we're not meant to. If you think about your own life, and I can think of so many times in my life when I've had a struggle or something where I really wished someone would just come in and fix it all for me. Just take this from me, right? Like just remove this cup from me. (laughs) And yet when I look back, because I wasn't rescued in those moments, those were the most growing, most helpful moments of my life. The, The things that really helped me empathize and helped me have greater understanding of human nature and, and grow as an individual. And so when we rob other people of that opportunity to grow and work through that discomfort, it's a shame, right? And it does go against God's plan for agency for us. And so, yeah, just being willing to allow other people to be uncomfortable, learning how to not be that beck and call mom, learning how to set those boundaries and say, okay, now you're an adult or you want to be treated like an adult. Okay. And with that comes some natural consequences when this happens. I mean, gosh, I remember the struggle for my husband and I, when we were young married and just totally broke. And, you know, I'm sure that was a struggle for my parents to watch. I am sure they just wanted to reach in and say, oh, you know what? Let's just throw some money at that. We can help you fix that. And I'm so grateful that they didn't. I'm so grateful that they didn't. The struggle really was what propelled us to become. It gave us that driving motivation to do more and to discover more and work more. And anything that keeps our kids dependent, fosters dependency, especially as they're trying to leave the nest, anything that stunts their personal growth really goes against God's plan for agency. It just It's just a natural law. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one. It's a hard one to not want to jump in. And I don't know, I have, I have kids in that adult world now and it it is, it's it's a challenge to, I don't know, find that balance of. Yeah. Codependent people were really good pretenders. And this was me for a lot of time. We pretend that things are okay because we don't want to disappoint other people. But that creates this simmering resentment. Again, we just have to learn how to express our own opinions. We have to ask for what we want. We have to honor our own feelings and really Mm -hmm. check in and and honor that we are independent people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are several things to do in order to overcome this. And I really think the first thing is just becoming very self-aware recognizing that tendency that we have, that, that urge that we have to go in and rescue or to save or to create more ease for, for other people. Sometimes that's appropriate, right? Like there are times when someone's hurting and there's something that I can do to lift and to help. But again, we go back to the motivation. Why am I doing this? And we have to get crystal clear and really honest with ourselves because when we when we lie to ourselves and just say, oh, it's just because, you know, I really want to serve, but really the payoff is I get to feel validated. I need to, I get to feel wanted and needed. That's really a a little red flag that says, okay, maybe this isn't the most appropriate use of my compassion in this situation. Mm -hmm. So some questions to ask yourself to know if you are, um, a codependent, you know, have these tendencies is, 
number one, do you edit what you say or the things that you do with other people in order to manipulate their model, right? They've got their thoughts and feelings. Am I, am I changing what's authentic for me in order to make them think differently or do something differently? Because I have a motivation, an underlying motivation to mm -hmm. be needed or validated. Mm -hmm. The second question would be, do you rely on other people to make you feel needed? And this is a big one for us as moms, right? Yeah. We want our kids to still need us. That was such a lovely part of growing up is being able to serve our kids. And I, I loved it too. I mean, I look back, I loved from the time they were tiny babies and then school age kids and then teenagers. I really loved that job of being that mom, that caregiver, that nurturer, right? But if we want them to have that beautiful life experience, we have to let go. We have to find a new job. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> Our role shifts, right? From yes. being the nurturer and the caregiver to more of a mentor or a guide. Yeah. Yep. And we have to be willing to release the need to speak up all the time and to give advice and all that and just wait, wait for them to come to us, wait for them and then ask for permission to share rather than constantly trying to fix and solve and give advice. All of that is just not healthy. Um, the third question I would say is, who do you try to fix things for, right? Is it actually a selfish? Are you fixing it for you or are you fixing it for your child? Mm -hmm. Who are you fixing this for? And then the fourth question that's really good, I think, is how is this not helpful for them? Like, yeah, that's a really good question to ask. Because yeah. sometimes we don't really put that out there. We're always, how is this helpful for them? But we don't really look at the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And that answer to that question, if we're being really honest with ourselves, it's just everything, right? I think that's the problem is so many people are, it's hard to pressure ourselves to be, to tell the truth to ourselves. It's hard to be vulnerable enough, even with ourselves to admit, Hey, yeah, there is a payoff here for me. I do like it when other people value my opinion and I want that. And so I do insert myself too much, you know, but just being really aware of what we're doing is super, super helpful. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do, right? To be able to admit to yourself. I think, I guess mm -hmm. if I could use that word, admit to yourself why and yeah. what your payout is, what you're getting from something. And it is, it's hard to be honest about it because number one, we don't always like to, we don't always like what we see and it's, it's hard to, yeah. to swallow that. And another part of the problem is that, you know, we create these patterns we create this dependency for our kids and then we decide, oh, I see what I'm doing here and this is a problem. And then we <laughs> want to change the pattern and our, people around us don't really like it. You know, they're like, oh, wait no. a minute, it is your job to take care of me. It is your job to make me feel better. It is your job. And we have to really be willing to do the work to learn how to set those boundaries, set good boundaries. And, and it creates some opportunity for good discussion, right? We have to be better communicators and we say, yeah, listen, I understand that was how it's happened in the past, but it's not really healthy. And so we're going to make some changes. And so moving forward, this is what I'm going to do. And I'll invite you into your own brilliance and your own, your own capacity and your own capability to make your life beautiful. So setting boundaries is super important, but also on the side of the mother, 
it's super important also to just develop this beautiful self-love, right? You are an individual. You are a whole and, and worthy human being. And what else does God intend for you beyond being a mom, beyond being a grandmother? What else is there? That's a really important foundation to breaking that seeking of validation from other people. We have to learn how to validate ourselves. We are fearful of that. We, we, it borders on us thinking, oh, maybe we're being prideful. Maybe we're all the things that are kind of, we think are red flags when we validate ourselves that we're not being humble or all those little silly things that come into our mind, but that's not the truth. Like we have to, we have to love ourselves and recognize those things about us in order to learn to stand up to be the person that our heavenly parents want us to be. And that's a big ask for a lot of women in our church. It's a huge ask because prioritizing our own personal self-growth, like that's not been on the table, right? Of course we're taught, oh, read your scriptures and say your prayers and all those kinds of things, you know, study, but it, it, we really haven't spoken to your own potential. Mm -hmm. Like what, what about beyond being someone who serves and gives, like what other talents and abilities have you got? So we really have to learn how to give ourselves permission to make that a priority, to make it important. And that's why, you know, we're here as coaches so that people can seek that support so that there is help available so that other people can say, okay, you hit the nail on the head here. This is something I'm struggling with. How do I go about this? Because honestly, sometimes we're just so close to it that we can't see it for ourselves. And that's often the case with my people. They just, they really have no idea that this is their situation. And until we kind of break it down and we, and we illustrate it in a way that they can see it, it's hard to wrap your brain around. It's just such a, an ingrained pattern that we don't recognize that we're creating a problem. Yeah. Well, we've heard very frequently that the most important work we'll do is within the walls of our own home, right? And mm-hmm. and I do believe that we have a wonderful work and an important work to do in our homes. But I would also like to expand upon that and say that, like, yes, also the most important work we will do is within our own human personal home, the work that we do within us to find our own strengths, to discover really how heavenly father sees us, because there is things outside of our physical home, outside of our physical body that our heavenly father needs us to put out into the world. He needs our strengths and what we have to offer. And if we don't do that work within ourselves, within our own personal physical body of a home, we won't be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That differentiation is so important. We're not just going to um, show up in heaven and be one person. Like we have accountability for ourselves, for the agency that we decide to use in this life. And it's everything. I mean, even from day one with Adam and Eve, agency was always it. It was always a key. And beyond that, before that, we had the agency to choose to come here. And I firmly believe that after this life ends, we will still have agency. It doesn't end with death, right? We will get to choose. Am I going to continue on this path? I'm going to continue to be with these people. I firmly believe that it is something that Heavenly Father wants us to practice now, always, and incorporate into our lives. But we can't do that unless we tap into our own brain and into our own spirit, into our own heart and look closely and ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Well, Jane, I love any conversation that comes back to 
discovering what's inside of us is like the conversation that I can have for for days on end because I think it is so important. And this topic of codependency is one that's important to address because for all of us, I would say probably in some degree, we have some codependence tendencies and Mm -hmm. the tools, the things that you've given us today to like be aware and to ask the questions, I think will be helpful in so many ways for so many people. Oh, it is so good. I know it's been so helpful in my own life and the fruit of it is freedom. Mm -hmm. The fruit of it is you can drop that weight of bearing everyone else's emotions. You get to experience them and have compassion for them from a clean space rather than a muddied chained place Mm -hmm. where I feel like I must do this. I get to choose my life experience and it is the most freeing, beautiful work. And, Mm -hmm. and honestly gives us the opportunity to really shine, gives us the opportunity to really give our gifts to the world, which Mm -hmm. is desperately needed. We need women to shine their light. It's a dark world and we need to have more people stepping into their beauty and their brilliance and, and sharing their gifts. So I, I love that phrase. The fruit of it is freedom. Like, and, and freedom is an amazing thing and, and the launching pad for so many things. So thank, I, I love that, yes. that quote. So thanks for sharing. Well, Jane, before we go, can you share with people where they can find more of your brilliance? <laughs> You're so great. Thanks for having me. I always yeah. love my conversations with you. I um, it. I do have a new podcast out It's called happy in the middle. So find me on Spotify, Apple, um, iTunes, anywhere you listen. And then of course you can find my website, janecopier.com book a free consult with me. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I'm all over. So get on my list though, so that you get my offers and my weekly emails. They're helpful. I've heard. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sure they are. We'll link to all those things in our show notes. So it'll be easy for people to find them. Thank you so much. I This has given me some good things to think about and good awareness for myself. So thank you. Yep. Have a good one, everybody. And thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Jane. (laughs) Thanks, Heather. See you later. Hey, if you are ready to get unstuck and make your midlife amazing, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And I want to invite you to join my Empty Nest Academy, where you will learn how to transform your mind, your relationships, and your life. Come free yourself of regret and disappointment and be so much happier. Listen, sis, we've got one shot at this big, beautiful life. Let's make it amazing. Go to janecopier.com, that's J-A-N-E-C-O-P-I-E-R.com and sign up today. And if you're not sure what's right for you, book a free consultation with me and we'll talk it over together. And we'll make sure to get you on the path that serves you the best. See you inside.